Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a wizarding world virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is Series 3, Episode 10, Rob's Secret. Today, we're covering Chapters 20 and 21 of Book 3, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. They are The Dementor's Kiss and Hermione's Secret. Before Rob joins us, let me bring in my co-host to set the scene. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Phil. Petunia Dursley. Hi, Petunia. Nice. Lovely character there. So, housekeeping, anyone? It's only a few days since we recorded the last episode, to be uh, Yeah, our schedule's a bit weird at the moment, isn't it? Any housekeeping? Um, Housekeeping? I don't really have housekeeping. Oh, um, I'm looking into, like, potentially getting a cleaner again. Oh yeah, we need to sort that out. We we said that we were going to get a cleaner once we moved, didn't we? Yeah, but it's mm. I don't feel like we're ready. Well, no, we need. To, I feel like we have to have the house in order first. Yeah, there's I no point a cleaner it, coming gonna... in at the moment because like the kitchen doesn't have any floor. So what they're going to clean? <laughs> what color um sweater you wearing there, Phil? It's a black one. It's the black it's one. The black one this week. Yeah, Phil, we're going to have to get it's a photo one. of that that jumper for the listeners because they're they're begging yeah, for no it. Problem. Right, snapshot of these chapters, guys. Um, Dementor's Kiss, Hermione's Secret. One very short, one very long. Yeah, really short. It isn't just yeah. a wrap up chapter. I know piece. what a loser. <laughs> so, Phil, what did you think? So, um, I'm like absolutely buzzing for this this week just because like they're too bloody great chapters and i'm just hoping that i get something from rob of like oh my god didn't see that come in because i was expecting it last week and i just felt a bit like i don't know a bit deflated that he didn't give me everything i wanted but i need to understand like rob's never going to give me what i want he won't he won't no No. he, he won't this week i think we will probably get some of that didn't see this coming because yeah this is the big reveal really like there's the whole oh Sirius black is a goodie but you know, if you've read enough books, of which obviously Rob hasn't, someone who you think has badly turned out to be a goodie is like a fairly standard twist, isn't it? But this is the bit. This is the bit that I'm worried he won't understand. Oh God, there's no way he'll understand. Well, guys, actually, yeah. just realise not many people understand. Whoever was in charge of the cursed child isn't understand. No, we'll come to that later. We will come back to that later. But Absolutely. The thing with Hermione's secret, which I love, is such a great chapter. I never get bored of it because it always like it takes so much of my concentration to kind of like follow it and understand it and imagine it. I really find it difficult to visualize the kind of geography of it. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I know yeah. that there is kind of like an official map of Hogwarts and the grounds like author drawn. But what I'm interested because in, me and Matt earlier were like drawing out our own like maps of Hogwarts. We're very cool. <laughs> That is the, cool. The they that needs to go on the on the on the on there. Yes, but but I would also love any listeners like sending your like how do you see like where where everything is in the grounds? Where's Hagrid's hut? Where's the Wampum Willow? Where's the yeah. pitch? Where's the forest? Where's the forest? Like all that stuff because in this scene it's so like essential where everything is. I was just gonna say like just shout out to. Hot Cross Burn for that because we know she's got great artistic skills oh, yes. anyway. Oh, yeah, because she drew that um, reverse hippogriff once. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a long time ago. That was still this book. So, without further ado, should we bring him in? Yeah. We should. Let's bring him in. Hello, Rob. All right, nerds. How is the nerds? The nerds are good. Righty ho. Um, let's press on. Let's go straight in. I'm looking, Rob, for a, a hot take on chapter 20, The Dementor's Kiss. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take them together if that's okay. Okay, let's, yeah, let's take a hot, a hot take fair. on 20 and 21. Now, don't all lose your shit at once, but these are the first two that I, I really, really enjoyed them both. Fantastic. I thought they were... They were excellent. Oh Fair my enough. god! Finally, yes, I'm so happy with that. Okay, yeah. Let's let's park that there. Those, those are nice and piping oh hot. God. Piping hot. Phil <laughs> <laughs> is having a hot flush. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, well let's just let's unpack that 
feedback with some walkthroughs. Pig, you're going to yep. go first for the shorter yep. chapter, The Dementor's Kiss. Oh, brilliant. Do you know what? I just feel better, though, having heard that. Everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, Rob, if you hadn't have said that, I just like... I just don't know what else. I don't know what <laughs> else we can do. Imagine if I'd I come mean? out swinging. These are the worst. These are the worst chapters. Uh, I would have been like, guys, we need to just call it a day here. Let's not bother with next with next week's event. Yeah, we'll see you in book four. Well, bye. <laughs> okay, here we go. So the Dementors kiss. So obviously, there it's it opens where they're making their way back down the underground passage. Um, now Ron and Scabbers and Lupin, but Scabbers as Peter Pettigrew are kind of attached together. Sirius reminds Harry of something. Do you remember what that was? Oh, yeah. So he says he's the godfather. Yeah. This whole bit's a bit like, you know, give it a fucking minute. We're still in the tunnel and he's already trying to <laughs> make him his housemate. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hang Wait, on a second. Also, do you know what I liked about this? <laughs> he's saying it all to Harry and Harry, like, knocks his head on the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I wanted to ask you, Rob, have you ever had like a situation where you're trying to be cool and you do something really uncool? I mean, I'm sure there are many. There's no one that particularly <laughs> springs to mind. But um... I've got one where um, where like my now husband, James, when I first met him, I decided before before we'd really had many conversations that he was my boyfriend. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do remember. And she was angry and... that he didn't send her anything for Valentine's. And I had to remind her yeah, that he, he didn't, didn't know that he boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, which is like, yeah, pretty rude of him. But I remember like one of the first times we were chatting, I was leaning on like a swivel chair and <laughs> I literally like my elbow fell off the thing. Phil, do you remember that thing that I did at my old, old, old job where I had like a meeting with quite a high up editor of one of the magazines there and it went like really well and whatever but then at the end of the meeting I stood up and like the motion of me standing up and my thighs oh, like, knocked the chair over backwards <laughs> yeah. behind me and we both just looked at the chair and I just went oh, I don't know how I did that <laughs> so bad it like clanged I off the wall it was one of those that. offices with like a glass wall could have gone straight through it <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> If it had smashed the glass wall, I would have just been like, ta-da, and then <laughs> run out. <laughs> okay, let's carry on. Uh, yeah, so um, how does Harry feel about potentially leaving the jerseys? Do you think he comes on too strong? Yeah, I mean, he's 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 very he's very keen, isn't he? He's loving it. He he's can't, can't get enough of it. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I just would have, you know, maybe, maybe left it a minute before starting to sort out living arrangements. 25 minutes ago, Harry was like thinking, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, what, what do you normally have for breakfast? What do you want me to get in? <laughs> yeah. Do you have cornflakes or something like my <laughs> yeah. own or whatever? Um, awesome. So basically, when they come out of the grounds, one of the first things that happens is the clouds kind of part and we see that it's a full moon. Nightmare. Bad timing. I know. Can you believe that? Um, we we remember that obviously earlier on, Snape had said that he came down to Lupin's office to bring him the potion. So Lupin hasn't had his potion. So he starts to transform. Sirius transforms, and Pettigrew does an absolute runner like the snivelling little rat he is. So all of those animals just head off. Ron, I think, is uh, is stunned. We don't know for sure. Harry and Hermione check Ron. They can hear that he's still breathing. And then they hear Sirius yelping. Mm. So what do they decide to do? So they basically just sack off Ron and think like, you know, he's yeah. he's, he's not dead. So let's just leave him here. Uh, there's nothing yeah. we can do for him. It'll and they yeah, run into the forest to try and um, try and help out Sirius. And, and what do they come across? Uh, they come across the Dementors. Yeah. Yeah. I think it says hundreds of Dementors yeah. all kind of approaching. It's already starting to have like a massive effect on Sirius who's transformed back to a man mm. but isn't really able to produce any sort of a Patronus or register what's going on. The Dementors start to close in on Harry and Hermione. Uh, Harry tries to encourage Hermione to conjure a Patronus mm. but neither of them can really do anything. Just as um, his last Patronus kind of fizzles into nothing one of the dementor leans down what's the dementor gonna do rob what's gonna happen well it looks like he's going in for a uh going in for a kiss he's leaning in 
he's leaning straight in. But then at the last moment, what happens? He bottles it, doesn't fancy the kiss. Uh, no, what happens is... Um... Phew, oh my God, Rob, phew. Um, it's so difficult to know these <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there's a bit of a flash and he sees what's kind of like a bright unicorn or something across the lake. Yeah, he sees something kind of gallop across the lake, a Patronus, an amazing Patronus. And um, it kind of rounds up the Dementors. And just before Harry kind of passes out, he sees someone that he thinks looks familiar Mm. on the other side of the lake. Mm. And that, my friends, is the end of the chapter. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip back slightly to yep. the description of the Dementor. Um, oh, I knew yeah. he was gonna say yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna let it slide because I got no, some shit for this. No, it's fair enough. It's yeah. fair enough. And yep. a pair, it's fair enough. Yeah. A pair of right. strong, clammy hands suddenly wrap themselves around Harry's neck. No, yeah. we've got to give him that. Yeah. I heard Stephen Fry say it the other yeah. day, and like my hand went to my forehead. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. it's going to Was your hand all clammy as well? You were so stressed. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Okay. I also liked the um, where there should have been eyes. Yeah, I was into it. Nice. like that. Nice little callback to where, where the back of her head should have been. <laughs> <laughs> From, uh, He's a proper fan now. He's getting the callback. He knows. I just wanted to say as well, because on, on this chapter, like there was. Like previously, I can see why the storytelling is good, but it's often like the kind of actual writing is a is a bit simplified, I guess, because of it being for kids. But I thought there was like a couple of uh, phrases or bits of writing that were here that were a lot better. So you've got like mm. the good storytelling and also the good writing. Like mm. like the bit where um, I've noted it down, where Sirius smiles. And it says, it's as though a person 10 years younger was shining through the starved mask. Like that. You like, like that, that. yeah. That kind of stuff. Fantastic. Good writer, decent writer, to be yeah. fair to her. She's getting into her strides with it as well, isn't yeah. she? With, with it, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Rob, Warm if up. I could just press you a little bit more. Can you remember what you felt like after you just finished this chapter and before you went on to the next one? Because we left you last week with you thinking we might have, you know, a a bit of a cosy wrap up. Mm. And then within like a couple of minutes, it's all all fallen. What did you think? Yeah, it's it's all gone to shit pretty quickly, isn't it? I think it was, I guess it was too simple that they were just going to get back to the castle Mm. all as, as, you know, this motley crew and it would be fine. But um, yeah, all unravels. And then I was guessing at this point, I was just kind of trying to work out who it was that's come in and saved the day mm. from the other side of the lake. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. to there, obviously. As a kid, this development in the plot haunted me. I just kept thinking like, oh, it was so, so close. Yeah. We were so yeah. close. To, yeah. and, and it was so painful that even as I like reread it as a, as a teenager and listened back to it as a teenager, I could barely bring myself to listen to the bit where the the clouds part and he starts to transform and it's it's so painful i think the the the, uh the description of the kind of dementor attacking is pretty uh pretty bleak as well yeah i can imagine as a kid you'd be um pretty haunted by that well the whole notion of the dementors like we spoke about this earlier on in this series about how dark it is it's really really dark Mm. as as a child you just read it on a certain level but when you go back to it as an adult they're really dealing with like proper proper depression Mm. is that just dawned on you rob or did did that kind of hit you early on yeah no i think i got that when it was back when it was talking about as like the description of the dementors comes through earlier in the book and then when hagrid's talking about it yeah I thought they said that like no one's seen under their robes or like what they're like. But Harry's well, Harry's going close no in person. Well, they say no one who can then tell. Yeah. At the point where the kiss is coming, you, you can see, you very... but then normally you will be kissed, and so you won't be able to mm. tell. Yeah, most people don't have a savior. And speaking of the savior, let's move on to chapter twenty-one, Hermione's secret. I think if uh... you did a poll of of massive Harry Potter fans. And you, you said, I mean, what, it, pick a, it's pick a chapter up there. from any book. This would be it's up there. right up there. It's up there. Mm. Yeah. I'll be honest. My favourite chapter of all of all time is the first chapter of the next book. Oof. Mine is really. The, mine is the dramatic climax of the sixth book. Mine is the Prince's Tale. 
Great chapters. Anyway, that, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's stay with yeah, Hermione. Need to calm down. Look at the, okay. the excitement amongst the nerds is palpable. Look Rob, at them. Okay. They're losing themselves. <laughs> okay. We're getting excited on your behalf. That's mm. what's happening. Yeah. Harry wakes up in the hospital ward um, to hear Snape boasting about his heroics in the Shrieking Shack. And who is Snape talking to? Uh, it's Fudge, isn't it? Fudge. Yep. Minister Fudge. Yep, Fudge has arrived, obviously, with everything that's unfolded, and Fudge promises Snape an award for his courage, an order of Merlin, first class. Mm. So Ron is still unconscious in his bed, but Harry and Hermione are both awake, and they sort of jump up, and what do they start saying to the Minister for Magic? Well, yeah, they're trying to explain what's what's actually happened and say that Sirius yes. is innocent, telling the whole story, I guess, that the readers, readers already Absolutely. experienced. Yes, Ruth. Just want to add in that at this point, or some at some point around this, Madame Pomfrey shoves a massive piece of chocolate into Harry's yeah. mouth. That does happen. Yeah. I just love. Yeah, that does happen. I felt the kind of obviously there's like a bit of there's a general kind of panic as the reader because you're wanting them to get the story out. The panic was massively amped up when the chocolate went in the mouth because it gets really sort of claggy and cloy and you can't you can't speak and like is, does he have any water yeah like, you always need to have water immediately afterwards or tea yeah. um rob would you rather a load of chocolate shoved in your mouth or just like a load of nut butter because that's really cloy oh, that is, oh, mate, yeah. i live for the clag <laughs> clag factor so Snape waves away their story and he says to Fudge, obviously, you know, Black must have confounded their minds. Who enters then? It's Dumbledore, basically just sweeping, sweeping in. He says to Fudge and Snape that he has to speak with the students alone. And after some protesting from, from Snape, they leave. Yeah. Dumbledore tells Harry and Hermione that he's heard Black's story from the man himself and that he believes him. But that there is no evidence whatsoever to back them up. Mm. And what does he then cryptically say to Hermione? He basically says, you know, you, you can go and sort it out. Yeah. He says that they need more time. Yep. 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 And yep. And they can save a second innocent life. That is correct. Yeah. He can save two, so he can save two innocent lives. When... Just spell it out, mate. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking that, like, I wouldn't take the chance. I'd be like, I've literally made a note of what you need to do. <laughs> Wing. Like, Hermione's smart, Maybe. but they're still kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. it will not take any more words for him to say. This is what you need to well, do. Well, guys, guys, I don't, I don't want to go too deep dive too soon, but Dumbledore already knows that they achieved that. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yes, that is mind blowing. Yeah, so confusing. Yes, we, we will come so back confusing. to that. Dumbledore oh. already knows that they've already achieved this is what it. I, yeah, I can so see Rob. Confused. I can see Rob looking confused. Rob, Rob, don't worry about it for we'll, now. Yeah. Oh. Uh. When Dumbledore leaves, what does Hermione immediately do? She starts fumbling, fumbling with her robes and pulls out a, a, a um, egg timer. Yeah, an hourglass. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the twisty ones that goes. Bzzz. Yeah, and she's like, oh, my egg's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she's playing a game of uh, taboo. She pulls, out, <laughs> she, she pulls out an hourglass on a chain and she sticks the chain around Harry's neck and she turns it over three times as Dumbledore instructed. What happens? Yeah, they 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 go back in time three hours. That is correct. So Harry's kind of like falling backwards. Mm. First bit of time travel that we see. They arrive in the entrance hall three hours previously, and Hermione shuffles them off into a cupboard, and she explains to Harry that she was given a time turning device so that she could take more than one class at the same time. Mm. So this obviously is the Hermione's secret of the, of the chapter's name. She really stresses on Harry that it is of the utmost importance that nobody, especially themselves, actually see them whilst they're doing this. Yeah. So Harry explains to Hermione that the second life Dumbledore was referring to was actually Buckbeak. Yeah. So Harry and Hermione sneak down into the fringes of the forest and they wait quietly by Hagrid's cabin. They watch everyone come down. We're hearing sort of the same bits of conversation as before. They watch themselves leave. And basically, once the executioners have gone inside to figure out the formalities, they sneak up to Buckbeak and they untie him and they pull him into the fringes of the forest and, and they hide there with him. Mm. So Harry, Hermione and Buckbeak are hiding in the forest. 
and we actually hear the swing and thud of the axe in frustration by the executioner. What does he smash into? The fence. The fence. Yeah, so he hits the fence. And obviously, as readers, we're now it's now starting to dawn on us that all of this stuff that we heard earlier was, you know, a little bit misleading and that Buckbeak wasn't actually killed. Mm. And yeah, and they also hear Hagrid's howl of joy, which earlier they had assumed was like a howl of despair. Mm. Mm. They stay in the woods and they watch as they see themselves disappear beneath the Whomping Willow and Lupin follow them shortly after. And at this point, what does Harry really want to go and do? Do you remember? Yeah, he wants to basically go and start meddling with it, um, meddling with what's happened, yeah. basically, and trying to kind of save it or stop it earlier. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's understandable, isn't it? Because you can see the whole thing unravelling before you and you know what's happening. Mm. So understandable for him to do that. I also like the fact that he's like, you know, openly acknowledges that this is this is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it is really weird. It's pretty odd. Watching themselves and stuff. He really wants to go and get the cloak so that Snape can't get it and use it to get into the room. Mm. Hermione insists that he can't go and she's shortly vindicated because Harry really narrowly misses bumping into a drunken Hagrid who's on his way <laughs> back up to school. Did you enjoy that little moment, Rob? Yeah, yeah. He's got pissed to celebrate. Yeah, and he's going up to get some dinner, presumably. So who do they see come out of the castle and, and go down under the Whomping Willow next? So, hang on, I've lost track of who's going in now. Snape? Yes. Yeah, they yeah. see Snape go in, and now they're thinking, okay, everyone's down there. We've pretty much just got to sit tight and wait. So while they wait, Harry confides in Hermione that he thought he saw who conjuring the Patronus that saved him earlier. Yeah, so he thought it was his dad, which is who I assumed it was going to be. Yeah, from the other side of the lake, but he kind of couldn't really be sure. And he was like, you know, passed out a couple of seconds afterwards. Yeah. And she's like, well, we, you know, he is dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hermione, Hermione sort of says that that couldn't be possible, but Harry really can't shake the idea that it was his dad. He just can't see any other possibility. So... They see themselves come back out of the willow and Lupin transforming. And with Hagrid gone and aware that both a werewolf and Dementors are very soon going to be in the area that they're in, Hermione, Harry and Buckbeak hide in Hagrid's empty cabin. One of the best parts of the chapter, without doubt, is um, Buckbeak just sort of uh, digging around for worms while he's waiting. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of beaking around in the Laughing. ground. Yeah, snuffling around. He's got no idea what's going on, really, has he? No. <laughs> Also, when they take him back to the cabin and he just like settles down for a nap. Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck. No, he's pretty chill. Yeah. Harry can't help himself, right? And he slips out to see who it was that conjured this Patronus. He watches across the lake as the Dementors approach and attempt to kiss him and nothing happens. No saviour is forthcoming. What happens next? He basically realises that it's him. He was doing it from the other side of the lake. Well, he realises that it was... Him another, the, him, another him, a second him. Does that make sense, Rob? Well, no, because that is him now, isn't it? Yes. Because there's not three hymns. No, during no, this... No, 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 there were two hymns. No, there are two hymns. And during this moment of time, during this three hours, there are two Harry Potters in the grounds of Hogwarts. Yeah, no, no, I get that. But the, the, the him who's just trying to take a butcher's at who did the Patronus... Yeah. Yeah. ...is also conjuring the Patronus. That's correct. Yeah. But without knowing he's doing it. No, he knows he's doing it. No, he realises that he realises that it has to be him. It must be me. Realises suddenly that it, it, that was it wasn't him. his it... dad who he saw doing the Patronus. It was him that he saw doing the and Patronus. So he realizes and then that he does the Patronus. He to do it. So yes. Yeah. It. Yes. He right, realises okay. that it was him, not his father. And so he runs down to the bank of the lake and he shouts expecto Patronum and he conjures it having already seen himself do it before. I think he says, isn't he? Yeah. This is later. I, I could, knew I could do it because I'd already done it. Yes. We don't know what his happy happy thought was, though. No, and we have yeah. some muggle mail, uh, some, some outposts about that, which we'll bring up. Mm. So in the process, obviously, of conjuring this Patronus, he saves his own life, Hermione's life, and Sirius Black's life as well. Quick cue Go on, Rob. from me. So Fang, Fang's mentioned. Let's not gloss over that, obviously. Mm. But he sees them. What's the rules on animals seeing them? Fang doesn't see two at the same time, though, does he? Yeah, he's not confused. 
that's the danger the danger is that is to see i'll see both yeah and fang's oh, not I gonna see. go up to like fetch and be like oh my gosh fetch you wouldn't believe it <laughs> ha- i saw harry going across the grounds into the Wampin willow yeah. when he's saying he saw this but actually who's in the hut with me so somebody's lying true so yeah i harry... should speak it'd be more fun that'd be great <laughs> so this Patrona seems to have extra power and ability compared to Harry's previous efforts, and it takes a recognisable form. This is an example of a corporeal Tronus. And mm. what form did it take, Rob? Stag. It was a stag. stag. Yes. A sort of unicorn-like yeah, well, stag. It's a stag, and he he realises that it's his father's animagus form, mm. and that's where his father got the nickname Prongs. So father and son sort of regard each other for a little bit and then the patronus just slips away and disappears what happens next oh you tell me mate well harry and hermione jump on buckbeak oh yeah 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 Yeah. and they fly on buckbeak's back up to the tower where black is being held can you show us the front of the book please rob yes there it is that is that scene there they are. Obviously, they haven't put Sirius on there because that would give away the story. <laughs> well, yeah. he's not on there yet. Yeah, no, I know, but that, that's yeah. what I was looking he, for. The, all three like, of them are on are, are on Buckbeak for a brief moment. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of a weird sort of sandwich sandwiching where they're all on <laughs> all on at once. So they unlock the window where Sirius is being held, and they let him out. He jumps yeah. on, and they fly even higher up to the tallest tower. Mm. Sirius stammers his thanks and can't really believe or understand what's going on. And he checks that Ron is okay. That's nice of a minute. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. yeah so but... it's so something you'd think about doing later. Probably checking more about the living arrangements. <laughs> so have you got bring your own bed linen or, or <laughs> just get out of it? <laughs> yeah, Harry and Hermione are like begging him to go. And what final message does Sirius leave Harry with? Do you remember? Have a good term. No. Enjoy the rest of the term. <laughs> I would check... Sorry, let me just have a look. Uh, we'll see each other again. And you're your father's son. That is right. He, he says yeah. to Harry that he is truly his father's son. <laughs> and Black and Buckbeak fly away together. Into the sunset. Into, into the, the moon. moonlight. <laughs> to their freedom. And that is the end of yes. the chapter, Hermione's Secret. And it is so good. It was a belter. It was an absolute ah! page-turning belter. Rob, what do you understand about this form of time travel? Well, it seems just like regular, you, you regular time travel from fiction, I think. There's a lot of time travel fiction kind of rules about mm. basically not like meddling too much with stuff because you can really fuck it up yeah. and end up like well. killing yourself and meddling with, with time. One of the rules with this is that you only seem to be able, from our understanding of it, go back from the point you're at. So if you were trying to go back like a year, you'd have to turn it. Lots of times. A a year's worth of hours. Like it wouldn't really be possible. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a time machine where you can go, I'm going to go to the 1980s and see Bowie. Yeah, it's not not back to the future where you key in the year. Yeah. But also... What, what it took me so long to get my head around, I found this really confusing, is the fact that there's only ever one... Everything only ever happened once. That's correct. Yeah, that place. There is only one. Because in my head, I was like, but the first time, Buckmeek must have died. And then when they went back, they said, yeah. but no, like, everything happens once. V- version of it. Yeah, and they yeah. were always there. And that's why Harry did the Patronus, because he... He was always there twice. Yeah. In fiction, broadly speaking, broadly speaking, there are two types of time travel. And the one that is probably the most sort of well-known or thought of is like the butterfly effect kind of time travel, where you go back, you do something, and it changes history. Yeah. With this kind of time travel, it's really important to understand, that isn't the case. It's more of a loop. So the first time that the evening played out it played out in exactly the same way. Buckbeak was never executed. It's not like they went back and saved Buckbeak and the first time he was executed and they've therefore changed history. There wasn't a first time. There There was no no first time. It's all just one timeline. There aren't two timelines as one. 
So that's the thing with this time travel that does, yeah, take a little time to get your head around. And that's what I was referring to earlier when Dumbledore says you have the opportunity to save two innocent lives. Dumbledore, mind-bendingly, already knows that Buckbeak has been saved. So he knows that they do it. He knows, so he knows that they do it, but he has to think what's happened what did i say or what what piece of information does hermione granger need to ensure that she does actually do that and that's what he chooses to tell them he could have been a bit more direct couldn't yeah. he but he has to For know sure. he knows that she did it but he has to know el has to realize that it's him that, yeah. that gives him the idea that it's him that tells him yeah. to do it yes so we need some ratings rob Let's have a rating, please, for the Dementor's Kiss. It's an 8.5. 8. 8.5 for the Dementor's Kiss. And for Hermione's Secret? It's, it's a 9. That's a, <laughs> that's a good score. That is Our a good nine of the series. Our first nine. nine ever. The Prisoner of Azkaban truly is coming good, as we knew well. it would. And Rob, like, obviously, we do have one more chapter that's not going to be a nine i shouldn't think no. um but having given a nine having really enjoyed the end of this book how are you feeling about the next oh, book? I, I don't know i don't know i don't know what to think anymore it's all <laughs> off um what's going on in the next book have you seen it as in physically yeah, yeah. no it's in a bag okay of... for the next recording i want you to get it out okay yeah yeah we'll get it out and have a look Feel at it. the weight of it i think all right do we have any muggle mail for rob um, actually, I don't think we do. I don't think we do because because it's such a short amount of time. I'm sure that we'll have a lot of Muggle Mail um, next week. We're, we're recording them too close together for people to yeah, get it in. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll let people know. I do have a message from my mum about her favourite exam. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go hear on that. Okay. This is like the the fans are because well, you know your mum. Yes. My favourite exam. Some sort of meta. <laughs> They know each other. They could just... I know. I know. They do know each other. My favourite exam. Well, it didn't actually come up in the actual exam, but in preparation for our A-level biology practical, our teacher, Mr. Josty, gave us all an Easter present of a dogfish to take home and practice dis dissection in, in the Easter holidays. My mum was horrified when she opened the fridge door to find it staring out at her. It was on the syllabus... But sadly, the thing they asked us to dissect in the exam was an earthworm. Oh, oh nightmare! Jesus, what a different, what a different time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mr. Josty just sending him home with a fish. Imagine that being an actual exam as well. Practical dissection. Oh God! I remember we had to dissect a rat, and that was bad enough. What's me? What's me? Final chapter. Your final okay. chapter is pumpkin juice and chapter twenty-two. I'll oh. post again. Yeah, I'll post yeah. again. Again. You're yeah, not, well, I don't I, think he's happy I don't that. think he's going to like this. The last I don't know if you'll remember, much. but the uh, the first chapter of the book was called Owl Post. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this one is Owl Post again. Lovely book ending. This was, this might be the chapter you're expecting this week. Well, thank you very much, Rob. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you, nerds. I will, yeah, see you next time. Goodbye, mate. Bye. 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 He's gone. O-M-G. Well, that went well. well. Thank God. That went really well. He, fine, like, he's a fan. Nine. Like, a nine from he's Rob. a nine. Nine from Rob. He bloody loved it. And he... Rob he, wouldn't give you a nine and he, you're one of his, like, best friends. He just wanted to come out, basically, straight off the bat, didn't he? And say... Yeah. I loved it. I'm an They age. were excellent. Like... Yeah. He thought this was excellent. Yeah. I mean, I never, ever thought we'd get to that level really to be honest like thank god he did though because like that next book is gonna that like he needs to be excited about the next book because otherwise that is daunting well that's yes, the thing if he hadn't true. enjoyed the the climax of this book and then he looks at book yeah. four, he's just not gonna start it is he no exactly so what do you think Albus Dumbledore would have said about Harry going to live with Sirius Black? I think we've discussed this briefly before. I think there is no way that he would let him. Pig? When we did talk about it before, I remember that, like, 
we brought up the fact that Molly Weasley, uh, I think at the end of book four or book five, goes mm. to goes to Dumbledore and asks if Harry can go straight to them that summer. And Dumbledore insists that he goes back to the Dursleys. Could that have been done every summer then? I'm not saying that he wouldn't be at A for be able to go to Sirius's. Like, I'm sure that he would. Mm. But I think Dumbledore would have insisted. It's so hard. You have though. to be able, like, he has to be able to call that his home so he can only, like... He has to return there mm. and he has to like, you know, maybe, I don't know, keep things there, have a room there. Have a cupboard there. I get the whole thing of like it only protects him like while he's there, it only protects him really for a few weeks or maybe like a month a year. However, it seems to be really important to Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore does, does. go to great pains to make sure it continues. It does, but but Harry is facing child abuse when he's there. That's the thing. I'm not saying that I think he should be there. Yeah. And obviously Dumbledore doesn't think that the Dursleys are great and they don't that he doesn't think they're treating him well at all. And he says so in the end. Looking at the story, looking at what Dumbledore does and his actions and his opinions about this, I can't see him letting Yeah, I agree. Also, as much as the Dursleys are not they are not caregivers. They do not look after Harry. Dumbledore does know that because of what he has done, he Harry will be safe there. His life won't be threatened. As much as he has a lot of love for Harry, not necessarily a great person to be looking after him. Sirius no. has just come out of Azkaban. So even yeah. if he hadn't then had to go on the run, he's not really in a position to start looking after a child. No, he's not. He's not mentally no. sound, is he, at this point? He needs to look after himself first. I think Dumbledore would have encouraged the relationship for Harry. Yeah. But I don't think that he would have let him live there. So do you think it's realistic that Lupin has forgotten his potion? No, I don't, actually. Obviously, it has to happen for the, the purposes mm. of the narrative, but... But there's nothing realistic about it because he's so clever. But he hasn't forgotten it. He's waiting for it, presumably, because Snape is bringing it, isn't it? Snape's bringing it. So he hasn't forgotten it. Sorry, he forgets it in that moment. He's obviously waiting for it that evening. Yeah. Has to be that evening. And when he sees everything that he sees on the map, he either forgets it and goes straight off, or he thinks... This is more There's important. No I'll get back. Yeah. I'll get back in time for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, yeah. I don't know. I think one. he forgets, guys. Yeah. But, and otherwise, he'd be saying, guys, I'm not being funny, but like, I've really got to get back to the yeah. school. He sees Sirius Black and Peter Pettigrew's names on the map. Yeah. So he's going to, his head's going to be blown. Like, you're right. The potion is really important to him and he's really clever and he will be really, really conscious of not endangering anyone. Yeah. But he doesn't have it there to take. Exactly. And he's not going to go via Snape, is he, when he's just he's seen just that? He's just seen that. And actually, if he's just seen those people on the map, he's fearful maybe in another sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I think, I think it just flies out of his mind in that moment, probably. Yeah. How do you think Black convinced Dumbledore? Because Dumbledore says there's not a shred of evidence for this. No one is going to believe you. Do you, do you have any ideas on how he might have, Black might have convinced Dumbledore? I've never thought about that before, to be honest. But Dumbledore always has a very open mind to people and is always a very good judge of character. So I I just never really questioned it before, to be honest. But it's a very good question because obviously he's obviously been up there and spoken to Sirius. What do you think, Phil? I think that it would have been quite obvious to Dumbledore that what Sirius is saying adds up. I imagine that Sirius would have said things to Dumbledore like, have you got Veritas Serum? Use Veritas Serum on me. Like, give me an opportunity. You know what I mean? Because if I was him, I'd be like, right, don't do the kiss, don't do the kiss. But like, get me some Veritas Serum so that I can tell my story and you know I'm being honest, you know? And at at which point I reckon Dumbledore probably would have used Legilimens on him. And Black might even even have said like, use Legilimens on me, like like, read my mind. That's the thing, is is Legilimens like, if you can think something, it doesn't necessarily mean you're thinking something true. But I think Dumbledore from that would be able to see enough 
to know. But you can you can go into someone's mind beyond their conscious, like when Snape's doing it to Harry. He's not going yeah. into his conscious thoughts. He's going into his subconscious and his memories. Also think, you know, he can transform to a dog and show him that. Yeah. And and say, look, and also, you know, I did this. James turned, James did it and Peter did it too. Yeah. I think it probably is legitimacy in, in, at the end of the day. Even also, if, why would even you... if he wasn't using that, I think Dumbledore probably would have suggested that they didn't do the kiss there and then, and they they look into yeah. some of the things that he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the next thing that I was going to talk about is is this type of time travel, this specific type of time travel that J.K. Rowling deploys in this book, which mm-hmm. I think is a all round more interesting, more intriguing, more mind bending, more confusing type of time travel because alternate timeline time travel stories they are what they are but to me they're not that interesting because you can always go back and do something else and then if you just changed again like back to the future he makes it he makes a mistake it changes the future in a way that he doesn't like he can go back and change it again you know Mm. um but i love that this element of time travel is more like a, a loop where there's only ever one series of events. It always it just played out in the same way. Yeah. Um, I love it's it. It's just that the narrative is put together so cleverly, yeah. obviously because we're ignorant of the additional Harry and Hermione playing the role the first time that we experience it as, as readers. Yeah. It's also so interesting to use this type of time, time travel in a children's book because it's not the most common and it's not the easiest type, really. Yeah, it's not no. very. It's not the. It's really. It's not the childlike time travel. Yeah, it's more complicated. And I would love to sit down with J.K. Rowling and Me too. just double check this with her. Yeah, and just say like, Buckbeak never died, did he? Just to be clear, he d- definitely Buckbeak. N- he definitely never did. had his he head definitely cut didn't off. because the kiss never happened. So if that never, ha- we know that that never happened because we see the Petronius. Yeah, that's correct. So if that and never happened, then the other magic thing can't have happened. Yeah, that is absolutely and magic correct. can't bring people back from the dead. Yes, yeah. that's absolutely right. So no, he definitely. You're right. He definitely didn't die, and there's only ever one series of events. Yes. And this is one of the many reasons why the cursed child is not canon and absolutely just because it doesn't fit with the time this type of time travel absolutely and i don't That's want to it. get too into it because it just doesn't make sense it's not the laws of time travel in this book are not the same as in cursed child no yeah and it's why no. this is really interesting and the cursed child is not apart from the incredible Stage I do just want to say yeah, anyone yeah, who's not yeah. seen The Cursed Child, go and see it. It is a magnificent experience. Incredible. The yeah. magic is amazing. It's so much fun, and the st- and the story is good enough. Like it does wrap yeah. you up in it. And I remember when we first read it, like we weren't thinking, "Oh, this isn't how the time turner works." We're we were excited. We were so excited. Yeah. yeah, and and the twists of the turns are really it's great. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's absolutely the, phenomenal. The time travel is inconsistent with this magnificent use of time travel Mm-mm. by J.K. Rowling in this chapter. So good. When I talk to a lot of other Harry Potter fans about the time travel element, and I point this out to them, a lot of people, I think, are working on the assumption that it is a, like, butterfly effect to timeline. Yeah. Well, I think Rob did, and it took me, honestly, it took me so long to get this. Yeah, and so long. I'm quite used to it now, but it does raise some unbelievably mind-bending questions about what Dumbledore knows and when oh, that is the that's the biggest because it's for me i can see only two options he can't know that harry and hermione are going to save buckbeak when he's walking down to hagrid's cabin the disappearance mm. of the hippogriff must be a surprise to him it has to be why how could he know that they were going to do that them? no not until later in the day yeah, that's true. When he's walking, when he stands, he's in his desk, he's at his desk, he's waiting so for the time he, so for the execution. He, the- he stands up, he walks down to the entrance hall, he meets Fudge and the executioner, and on his way down to the cabin, he sees the hippogriff. There is no way that I can see that Dumbledore knows at that point that anything else is going to happen other than a quick, clean execution. I think he very quickly puts it together 
this is Harry Potter, probably with his best friend Hermione Granger, who I know is in possession of a time turner. And also who I know is so trustworthy. Yeah. She won't have used that unauthorized unless I've told her yes, to. Yes, right. absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah. And who are the only people who've shown any interest in this trial, in the, this trial of this hippogriff? So mm-hmm. that's the thing. He may even not realize it's the time turner at first. He may just think it's the kids that have saved him. Yeah. He may just think, oh, the kids have just mm-hmm. saved them. It's only later, I think, that when it all plays out with uh, Black, that he realizes that okay, what needs to happen next is I need to tell the kids what to do. Yeah, Buckbeak must be needed at this point. He is just so clever, isn't he? Yeah, it's like when he when he realised at some point during the day between realising that Buckbeak has been um, freed by someone and hearing Sirius's story, at some point in that time, he realises he's going to have to give Hermione a nudge but the yeah. weird thing is that he knows that he did it because it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, no, he doesn't know that he did it. He knows that he will do it. Yes, he knows that he will do it. But then he still has to do it. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise he didn't do it. Yes, it's, it's, it's so good. Is it a bit odd that Harry and Hermione reappear three hours earlier in the entrance hall? Do you think the time turner takes you back to where you were? They're just coming down to the entrance hall, aren't they? It's dangerous to be taking back to where you were, though, isn't it? But yeah, I guess. I mean, how would that, that work with Hermione's jumping around? Yeah, no, that does make sense because, like, she'd finish divination, she'd take herself off to the bathroom. That's what she's... She'd turn it. Yeah, she has to make sure that she goes basically to a to a safe yes, place. Yes, each yes, time, basically, even yes. if you're just like you're not doing the time turner, she has to go at that point to the bathroom. Yes, so that she'll yeah. go back there later. Yes, this is why yeah. she has that. She like it's been such a strain on her. Like she's been, oh, been so meticulous about this. Yeah, figuring out the yeah. logistics, and she hasn't always remembered. Obviously, you well, know? no, she's missing yeah. lessons. Yeah, could Harry have gone to get that cloak? Do you think? And what would have happened if he had done? Well, he can't have because he didn't. Yeah, but if he had Div. Yeah, but he already hasn't. No, he he obviously no, he 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 already hasn't gone because Snape Yeah, the oh, first, the what first time we experience the series of events, so we know, Snape goes yeah. down. But what if he had? What do you think? Snape wouldn't have been able to get in. Yeah, well, I mean, it could have it could have been much worse. No, he would have. He would have burst in, but he wouldn't have been able to do the listening. That's true. But actually, he doesn't learn new information by listening. He no. just, it just means he, has, he gets to walk in at a convenient point. Yes. So it wouldn't have changed much. No. No, it wouldn't not. have. I suppose But not. that's why Hermione is such a, you know, and we've seen this a couple of times, the fact that, you know, she realises Lupin's a werewolf and she doesn't tell anyone and she has this on her and she doesn't tell them all year because she understands that it is really, really complex and her job when her and Harry go back is that they do the bare minimum. Yeah. Well, may I offer, Phil, a piece of evidence to suggest that Hermione, though obviously incredibly intelligent and whatever, not infallible, because when Harry tells Hermione of his suspicion that it was his father, is she not smart enough to put the puzzle pieces together and go, Harry, it must have been you? I don't think anyone thought that Harry could be capable of conjuring a corporeal Patronus. True, but... The circumstances that they are in, they're in the middle yeah, of the ground, yeah, yeah. in the middle of the night right. with no one else around. They know it's going to happen mm. because it happened. Mm. Well, depending on their understanding of, of time yeah. turners, like I'm surprised that Hermione couldn't say, so it looks like your dad and your dad looks just like you. You're and right, we're yes. the only people here. Harry, it must be you. Yeah, true. She's got I a lot on her mind. But, yeah, but also I'm not sure she's totally listening to him. What she's doing is being compassionate and trying to be understanding whilst also being like, like disbelieving. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's, a, there's, a, she's not co- totally listening to what she's saying. He's mm. saying. Yeah, but the thing is though, as well, is like. There's loads of amazing, like, wizards and witches at Hogwarts that could conjure a corporeal Patronus. Yeah. She obviously just assumes it's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, maybe it's, like, a ministry person that's come. Yeah. 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 Um, is it the Dementors that cause Sirius to transform back into... Yeah, I know that's an interesting one, Is it, it that he's 
stripped of his magical powers. Because... I'm not sure because he's made the point earlier that they can't affect him as much as a dog. But this was like a hundred. But, but I, I imagine it, it damages mm. him to the point where he, he cannot resist yeah. turning back into a man. But also, I do you think maybe that he is now more susceptible to the Dementors because he has more to lose? Yeah. At this point where mm. he's kind of just about to regain his freedom, he's got Harry, like they've just had this conversation about living together. He's got more to lose. And I think it's to do with the number of Dementors. Say as well, yeah, yeah just the sheer yeah. volume. One very quick point, and it is a little bit pedantic, but I did want to bring it up because it made me think of something from last week. Both Lupin and Snape use a branch to touch the knot and stop yeah. the tree. Not Wingardium Leviosa That's or just, yeah. just shooting it with some sparks or something. That thing needs to be physically pushed in. Yeah. yeah. The, the end of the chapter had me like, you know, on the edge emotionally. Guys, it's been an emotional week yeah, for has. all of us. It has been an emotional it's, week. Especially Rob. Oh, yeah, I was about to say especially for you, but yeah. Especially. But, but more so Rob. Yeah, more so for Rob. Rob's had the week of his life, had, I reckon. Rob's had the best week ever. <laughs> I wish I'd had Rob's week. What, reading the end of Azkaban for the first time? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and knowing that there's more to come. One of the great thrills of my life. Yeah. Right, so we've got a bulging bag from longtime friend of the show, Tom, who sent in some fantastic questions actually last week. And it was such a long episode last week that I decided I decided to save some of them up. Let's start with the most relevant to this chapter. Dementors, Tom says, can they be killed? If they can breed, then presumably they can also die. If they can be killed, do wizards keep them around for their practical uses only? That's a brilliant question. I've not thought about this before, but just quickly thinking about it now, I imagine a Dementor just kind of slowly perishes if they don't have people to feed on. Yep, I agree. Because it's described as like feeding, isn't it? Like they feed off the people in Azkaban. So I think they can die, but it's, it's like they fade out because they don't have like it's like starvation. So they need they need the negativity to exist. And it's only when they've got that and got that in um, abundance that they breed, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, yeah, also they talk about them breeding when there's a lot of oppression. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think there's a way to like physically kill them no. in their lives. No, but basically in in a kind of an, a utopian world, Dementors would literally not be able to exist. Yeah. They are also, you know, kept around for their practical uses. Definitely, yeah. as we've discussed before, the practicalities of trying to incarcerate dangerous, powerful wizards mm. with just bricks and yeah. mortar is only going to go so far. It's only so many sets of yeah. handcuffs that are going to be able to control that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they are oblique, but incredibly effective way of of incarcerating the the criminals of the wizard world yeah yeah and acting as a deterrent yes absolutely yeah. absolutely as hagrid points out his next question quidditch at hogwarts all the games seem to last five minutes what would happen if the snitch wasn't caught and the game dragged on for weeks would the teachers call it off they say this don't they that and I think they're talking about more about professional games, but when Harry's learning yeah. about Quidditch, they say, oh, that it can go on for, for days or weeks, and they give examples of like mm. it going on for even longer. Obviously, in school, it must be different. Because yeah, it's a bit impractical, isn't it? I also wonder, like, is it the set? Like, are there different settings? Yeah, or well, are there different, well, like... Well, we have a WhatsApp group with uh, both Lauren and Tom in it, and Lauren immediately followed up Tom's question with... And are the snitches easier to catch than snitches in a professional Quidditch match? Yeah, in a school game, if if they haven't caught the snitch in a certain amount of time, the, the snitch just does a lot of like hovering. Yeah, yeah. I think you're I right. agree. The kids have to learn at the end of the day, aren't don't they? So you exactly. know, you can be like, right, we're blocking out this day, and if it yeah. goes on all day, great. But the kids are going to bed and they're doing their lessons tomorrow. So yeah, I think it might be graded. I think. You know, Harry is so good and the fact that they're caught so quickly in the game 
is probably at like a, a, a semi-professional level. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I just think if the game had gone on for five hours, you get the snitch literally just waving. It's like, hey. Tom also said, Patronus memories. What would be your memory to conjure the Patronus? You can't choose oh, your wedding. You can't choose your wedding day. That's a cop out. Yeah, I know. It's, it's too personal for me. I can't answer that. Sleep, sleep. Was it that time us guys were on the sleeper train and James said it was the worst experience of his <laughs> life? And he ate all the Jack, he ate all the Jack and Jails because he was bored. Yours would probably be where you've lost something and then you found it again <laughs> because you always like you, you always lose things and then when you find them you're like oh it's worth it just for like for the feeling of finding. Do you know them. what it would be for me? It would be touching down in a plane. Oh, that yeah, makes me so like fucking that. happy. It yeah. makes me so happy to touch down. That you're alive. Oh, it's just so nice. It's just so nice to know that I'm alive. it's over. Mine might be when Rob just gave the, the chapter a nine. <laughs> Do you know what? It would be Arsenal 3, Hull City 2, oh, Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> Aaron Ramsey, <laughs> extra time goal. Do you remember that night? The first time, the second time, or the third time? It was the first time because Arsenal hadn't won a trophy for like eight or nine years or whatever. They used to torture me. And you drank out of the I drank the out of the special cup that I swore I wouldn't drink out of <laughs> until we won a trophy. And I'd got it for my 21st birthday. <laughs> you got it for me. Was it for me? I think you'd got it oh. for me, yeah, for my 21st birthday. And I swore not to drink out of it till we won a trophy. And how old were you? 26? Uh, 25. That night I was a nervous wreck. A nervous <laughs> I know. wreck. You wouldn't talk to anyone and, every, and we didn't know people very long, so they no, all thought you were horrendous. really weird. We've been living in Thailand. We've been living in Thailand <laughs> for like a month. It was boiling hot, <laughs> gone 1am. I was sweaty. The bar was staying open just for us. We were yeah. the only people left in the bar. And the trauma of that football match, but then the, the elation of the winning goal. Oh, yeah, that would be it. That would be it. I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> That's your Patronus. I might go with your wedding day. Yeah. Oh, and it was great. <laughs> and also, really I nice remember day. at the time you saying, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. Last question from Tom. Christmas presents. Who delivers them? House elves? Or do you reckon they make Filch do it? Definitely house elves. Definitely no, house Filch elves. in a Santa costume. Can you imagine? No, because there's nothing less Christmassy than <laughs> Filch. Yeah, definitely can you imagine? House elves. Yeah, house elves must do it. Yeah, house definitely. elves must do it. You must have to send them in by if a certain Filch date. Does it, they're probably all like grubby and smelly. It's funny, isn't it? Because they must get yeah. sent with owls, but like the owls must be um, addressed to like the head house elf of Hogwarts or something. I imagine they get like instruct parents get instructions about how to send because yeah. obviously they get gathered in one place and then the house elves distribute them yeah i reckon they go to like the gryffindor ones go to mcgonagall's office Mm. and the household i'll deal with it from there yeah nice nice right we have a couple of um audio messages hi guys i was just thinking about a patronus um and you know how like if you're learning to do like a handstand you go through all the steps in your head to try and achieve it so you know spread your fingers shoulders over wrists lean forward so that you can go up into a handstand but when you finally learn and you know how to do a handstand, you just go straight into it. You don't go through the steps. You don't think about each of those steps because it just becomes second nature. You think with the Patronus, the way that you have to really actively think of happy thoughts to produce one, that when you get to produce one, you don't need to do that so actively. It becomes sort of just something that you know how to do with second nature because they're in so many dark, horrible situations where they have to produce a Patronus. And if every time you have to be thinking happy thoughts, it must be hit and miss with doing one unless it's become sort of second nature to you and you don't have to actively think of those happy thoughts. Just a thought. So I think that's a brilliant owl post. First thing I want to say is I can't do a handstand. (laughs) I, I definitely can't, can't do a handstand anymore. It's really hard. I, I think I think Maz is absolutely right about yes, that. It's like too. it's exactly like driving. I was yeah. going to say driving. First, yeah, exactly like driving. When you first learn to drive, you're like mirrors, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like once you've been driving, however long, you can't even remember the journey. No, yeah. like you still do those things, but yeah. like you you're not conscious. Yeah, you're just not. At, you're not thinking about them. I but think you're I, absolutely right. Maz. I think Harry in this chapter is a perfect example of that. In that, yeah. it's not just happiness. It's like you have to 
have the confidence. The self-belief, yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. And he knows he can do it because he knows he did it. So it's not, when he's practicing, you know, we're aware of what happy thoughts he's thinking of. And in that moment, we're not because he just, he doesn't have to maybe actively think of them because he knows he can do it. Yeah, I think Maz is absolutely right. She had a brief follow-up message. I'm not sure if this is actually our post. Also, one more thought. Do you think that all Dementors are controlled currently by the ministry, that that's all of them in Azkaban, or that they're wild ones out in the wilderness, sucking the happiness out of villages and giving people kisses? Guys? I think at this point they are all under ministry control. In the UK. In the UK, yeah. I think that is probably correct, although I do think that it's possible that they sometimes sneak off and go after muggles. They're not going to respect borders, are they? So no, one might sneak over from Ireland. I suppose we definitely can't rule it out, but yeah, we, we can't, can't rule it out, it out because you know dementors affect muggles too. Yeah, exactly. It's well known. Thanks to those yeah. brilliant pieces of outpost, Maz. I've got some outpost from Adam, which he sent like about a month ago. When Harry, Ron, and Hermione are at, ha- at Hagrid's during Buckbeak's execution. The future selves of Harry and Hermione are also present. At this point, Remus is seeing it all on the Marauder's map. So does he know they are there? Does he see them twice on the map? Oh, what a question. Oh, God. Like, do you see someone who's time travel on the map? Or do they appear twice? Because Lupin says, I knew that you would probably go down there tonight. So I watched. And if he was watching that map closely... Harry and Hermione just pop up in the entrance hall. Like an additional Harry and Hermione would have popped up in the entrance hall close to where the original, you know, air quotes, Harry and Hermione were. So the answer, I think, has to be they mustn't show up on the map. He said, I assume he knows because he is tight-lipped about most things until necessary. I just wondered if he sees them. And if he does, are there two of them? We know that he sees them, don't we? But are there two of them? Has he figured out that Hermione is using the time turner? All the teachers. They know, right? No, about Hermione's time turner. Mm. So So he would know about that. I don't think necessarily all the teachers know, but I think... Well, the teachers who she's taking their subjects probably know. Why? Why would they know? She comes to their lessons as scheduled. Yeah, good point. Like, I suppose there's a chance, but I think what's more likely is that Dumbledore and McGonagall have kept that under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. What Mm. we should remember is that the Marauders map was made by the Marauders, who probably didn't have knowledge of time turners. Yeah, they they wouldn't necessarily know how to input that. So I don't know, yeah, whether they would have been capable of making those people turn up. So we're going with either they don't show up on the map, or they do, but the thing is, is what you've got to remember is once Lupin's located them, he's not going to be looking for anything else. No, but they are no, very but so close. But they're so they close. close, and also they're not so close in the castle where there are loads of people. I know they're so it's close not in dense, the grounds where there is no one there. I know you're right. So I, I'm going to say I can you own... must not. They must not show twice. Yeah, because, because otherwise, otherwise there's no way he wouldn't see them. There's no way he wouldn't see them. He would have run out of the school into the forest and been like, what's going on? Or at least... Why are you in here and I've I've just seen you go under that tree on the map? No, he still would have gone after the ones that went into the tree. Because they got Pettigrew. I think they just don't show twice. That's my... That's my thoughts. I don't think the map. That's a great question. I'd never thought of it. But the Harry and Hermione who who save Buckbeak, they are they are the physical bodies that go on and live the rest of their lives because they 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 are. Yes, they both are. So I don't think there's anything. uh, That is an unanswerable question. Yeah, it's Uh, really. Yeah, that is an unanswerable question. I've got no. I've got no good answer for that. The only thing I can say is that either they don't show up for some reason because they didn't build the map to to work. Yeah, that is that we, way. We get a lot of questions about like, oh, why did, didn't someone see so and so on? You know, oh, the Marauders map. And this is the first one where I'm like, oh, no, that's a good point. No, yeah, that's really an good interesting point. point. Really good point. I mean, guys, that's really it. Like, what what a finale we've had to this book. <sighs> My mind is blown. Could we just take a moment to reflect on the fact that Rob 
loved the end of this book. That puts us in a good position. I'm going to sleep well. Yeah. Moving into Goblet of Fire. Next week, a little bit of closing housekeeping. But next week, Philippa's not going to be available. So I think we're going to get a special guest in. Uh, Who are you going to get? We haven't decided yet. Thinking Fry. Fry Fry or Radcliffe. But we will be back to review Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Obviously, finish off our post again. We will also, dear listeners, be finding out what Rob's Patronus is via <laughs> wizardingworld.com. We're going to be logging back in to his wizardingworld.com account. I hope he's remembered the passwords. I hope he's remembered what his wand is. The drumstick. Chocolate core. The drumstick. There's <laughs> a badger with a drumstick. <laughs> No, yeah. Um, yeah, so all of that great stuff to look forward to next week. Thank you for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin. Our theme tune was an original composition by Patrick Steed. It's goodbye from Millers. Goodbye. Goodbye from Phil. Virginia Dearsley. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>